0: We've been talking about God's words and our words. So I want to get into that today. This is the third message. When God speaks, he doesn't speak just to communicate. He speaks to do things and accomplish things. His words are enablements, we saw from the word of God. I want to encourage you, get online or get the CD. Get the two CDs and, and really, really listen to those things. Outline them in your Bible. Take notes. Take notes. Because the word of God is huge in the Bible. It it really, it talks about his words empower you and enable you. His words, he sent his word to do something. His words always go out to do things and they never come back void. So if there's a word that is for you, it'll keep coming back to you. If you say no and then you go your own way, you'll come right back to it and he'll, it, it never will return to him without power. He'll always, and here's the biggest thing, we tend, the biggest thing that keeps people out is not knowing who you are. And God wants to tell you who you are and how he feels about you. You know, we look at a mistake and then we withdraw from God. But when you get to know him, if you ever make a mistake, you run to him. Because he's so good. We sang about it today. He's gracious. Today, if you've if you've made the life decision that Jesus is your Lord and you've invited him into your life and have been born again, then you're his child. I, say, I think I said this in the last service. In my, you know, I, it all kind of blends together for me. But I believe Wednesday night um, I said that what in the world could God be mad at you about? All of our sin was condemned in the body of Jesus before we were ever born. Now, does that mean he's pleased with you? Well, if you're living your own way and doing your own thing and, and you're living your life apart from him, it doesn't please him. And You know why? It's because he can't get over to you what he's already provided for you. It's not because he's mad at you. He loves you. And here's the really cool thing as a child of God. He makes all things new. So have you ever messed up? I don't, don't, if you want to act, just look at me and just keep this like smile on your face. Nobody will ever know, right? But I could say, yes, I've really messed up in life. And you know what? That mess that I created is never going to stop me from fulfilling the plan of God for my life because I've chose, I tasted of his goodness. And his goodness caused me to change my mind and repent and walk a different way. And then everything he's given me is still for me. See, when God gives you things, they have no strings. They're yours. The Bible says he's blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. When did he give that to you? Oh, many, many years before you were ever born. He gave it to you on the cross. I mean, we were crucified with him. We were buried with him in baptism. We were raised to newness of life with Christ and in Christ. We're now seated with him in heavenly places. This is the positional truth of a child of God's life. And now this thing called sin, which produces death, has no dominion over us, the Bible says. And as we see and as we know and believe this incredible love that God has for us, it will enable us and empower us to walk holy before him and to walk free from sin. See, beating yourself up about sin... Not only will it not help you walk free from sin, it'll actually drag you back into the sin. You guys are, boy, you guys look really serious today. <laughs> I'm just going to believe that your seriousness is because, man, that's so good, Pastor. That is just, wow. We've only heard you say that like 500 times this year. So turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Because then last week we started talking about, well, okay, this is is what God's word is, and now what are we to do with his word? So we've talked about how we're to talk. Hebrews 10.23 is a powerful scripture, but I want you to see this image as we teach, because as you walk by faith, you should look like this. So this is for those of you who are like me and don't know how to cook. uh, You know, this is a mixer. You could mix eggs. You could mix stuff when you cook. So you mix things with this. You have one. You brought one today. Your mixer is an inch underneath your nose. And, And this is what you're to do as you walk by faith. The Bible says that the children of Israel... When they, when they were that first generation that never were able to go in and obtain their inheritance, the reason why they didn't is because they didn't mix the word of God that was preached to them with faith. So see, for us, faith, Romans 10, 17 says, comes by hearing God's word. It doesn't come by listening to it. It comes by hearing it. Now, hearing God's word is so very important, but in order to hear God's word, you have to reverence, honor, and respect his word above everything else in your life. In other words, see, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. You cannot separate God from his word. So in in our reality as Christians, we put him first. And when you choose to do that, now you're going to give your undivided attention to his word and you'll actually hear it and the moment that you hear God's word faith is there not not an earthly faith no we're talking about the faith of God is there and the it takes faith to receive everything that God's given you by his grace so what we do when faith is birthed by hearing the word, we just start mixing it. So I start walking around. How do I mix it? Father, I thank you that it is written I can do all things through Christ that's, who strengthens me. If I'm in a position where it just seems like something's stopping me, Father, I thank you that you open doors that no man can shut. And I thank you that it is written that no man will be able to stand before me and block me from doing what you've called me to do. If it's sickness or disease, Father, I thank you that Jesus himself bore my sickness and he carried my pain and with his stripes I was healed and he sent his word and healed me and redeemed me from the curse of sickness and disease. And as you keep mixing that that is what will take you see we call this meditating in the word you have to use your mouth but really it's of your heart but it will affect your mind right we call this meditating in the word all of a sudden because god's word are full it's full of life and power it's active and effective you will start observing yourself doing the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, because you've reverenced the Word, can now bring revelation knowledge. He opens the Word of God to you. And now what comes out is light. We call it revelation knowledge. And now this impression that's down on the inside of us, our spirit understands and gets revelation of the Word And takes that impression that the Holy Spirit is impressing our spirit with. And we'll turn that into a thought and communicate that to our brain. So now it'll start renewing our mind. So pretty soon we will start seeing ourselves as God sees us. We'll see him as he really is. And we keep meditating in the word. And what it does is it literally will build a bridge in your life that will take you from being a hearer of the word of God to a doer of the word of God. The hearer, that, that literally means a listener, just a casual listener. It's like, hurry up, I gotta, we, you know, we gotta beat the Episcopal church to the, to the buffet today, right? No, that's just somebody who's casually listening. But when you're sitting here, I mean, the looks on some of your faces, I wish I could show you. It's called Hunger. It's, it's really, I mean, I'm not talking natural. I'm talking you hunger after the things of God. I know it. I could feel it. It, 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 it. It's like you are sucking the word out of me. Everybody will come up to me and say, oh, what a great sermon. I'm like, yeah, it's all because of you. I, it's, you're so hungry for God that I couldn't mess it up. It's wonderful. It's one, I tell guest ministers who come here and minister, this will be the easiest place you've ever ministered. You'll, it'll be like you minister here all the time. So you keep mixing the word of God. And so now it takes you from a hearer to being a doer of the word. And so now you're doing the word. And all hell could be breaking loose outside, but you're at peace on the inside and you're standing and you're speaking and you're declaring what's going to happen in your life. And when you declare things, when you declare the word of God out of your mouth, it literally, Jesus watches over his word to perform it. So now the power and the presence of God comes on the scene to start to turn the situation so that it comes in line. Because guys, this natural realm seems so real. But it, it is governed by the unseen. It is governed by the word of God everything in your life right now if it's not in line with what God's word says the word of God can change it in this realm and that's the walk of faith so in Hebrews 10 verse 23 look at what it says here it says let us notice it doesn't say hold fast it says let us hold fast do you notice how it says us Because this verse is talking to us. It's not just talking to you. Because you're probably, if you choose not to walk surrounded by other believers, you're probably not going to be able to hold fast to this. Because we're not called to be alone. You know, when we were in Greece, we saw these, these sheer cliffs... Remember that with the monasteries? These sheer cliffs that went up, and they were inaccessible. There's just nothing around them. There's no way to get to them except climbing up hundreds and hundreds of feet, way up. And then at the top, you'll see this monastery that took them six to seven hundred years to build. And it all started because these monks felt like their calling was to, be, to separate themselves from everyone so that they can seek God. That's ignorance gone to seed, isn't it? Because always in the Bible, you're going to comprehend the love of God with one another God will never call you to do anything by yourself or for yourself. It's always going to be with others and for others. Why? It's because because you have literally... Your spirit man has the the DNA of your father, of God. The Bible says you are the offspring of God. You were born by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And now the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you and will forever... And now he shed the love of God abroad in your heart. The agape love of God, the unconditional, eternal, unchanging love of God that never considers himself or herself, but always considers others. This is why you'll want to be around others. When you want to, when you, have you ever noticed when you want to separate yourself from others, whether it be your husband, whether it be your pastor, whether it be your, you know, your, the job you're working at, whatever it is, it's always from your flesh. You never feel the presence of God or the anointing of God when you're in that state because it's your flesh. So this is, this is a profound statement. Let us hold fast. That means to seize hold of what? The profession of our faith without wavering. Why? Because he is faithful. That promised. What do we mean by that? Listen, if he spoke it, he'll do it right? If he said it, he's going to bring it to pass. He never lies, he can't lie, and he never changes. The plan he has for your life, the gifts inside of you, the callings, he's going to bring it to pass if you'll let him. So let us hold fast to the profession of our faith that word profession we've we've in other places it's it's translated the word confession you've heard me say this it's the greek word homo logeo it literally means let us hold fast to saying the same thing without the saying the same thing words of faith without wavering in other words god wants you to always say what he says to say the same thing that he's saying So to make that decision, you'll never be able to say you can't do something. Because he said, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Right? You can't ever walk around going, I'm weak because God's word literally says, be strong or be continually strengthened in, in, be continually strengthened with might in Him, always. Ephesians six ten. Always we're to be continually strengthened. He said it this way: Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. When He said to the leper who was full of leprosy, He came to him out of out of all these cases of healing, right? Nineteen different individual cases. When the leper came to him, he was different than all the others. He said, Lord, I know you can heal me, but will you? Jesus reached out. Now, he was full of leprosy. Dr. Luke said he was full of leprosy, which means final stages of this disease. Probably had missing fingers, missing body parts, probably didn't have a nose, maybe not ears. He would have looked horrible. And Jesus reached out and touched him the leprosy, which you didn't do, right? And he said, I will be thou clean. And that's, that's awesome. But if you study those Greek words, it would be like Jesus in our 2019 vernacular. He, it would be like him saying, of course I will. I always will. See, what God, what God has done for one He's he's provided for all and will do for everyone. Because in James it tells us every good and every perfect gift, it comes from above, from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness. So that, that word variableness in the Greek means if he would do something for Jake that he wouldn't do something that he wouldn't do for me, then he that's variableness. He varied. But there's nothing that he won't do for me that he won't do for Jake. So if you read something in the Bible, now, when you get into healing or, or provision, you see all these scriptures where God's like, yes, I'm a healer. Yes, I'll bless you. Yes, I'll, I mean, he wants us to have this. Oh, yeah, in this life, we're going we're gonna to suffer persecution. We're going to suffer affliction. But that is not, those, those Greek words, that's not suffering sickness and disease. He already suffered that. We don't have to. Poverty and lack, he suffered that, we don't have to. But they hated him and they might hate you too. That's the pressure. People might come against you. People might not like the fact that you say that God is a blesser, right? But we, we walk by faith and we walk in love and we love people anyway, doesn't matter. So this is what we're talking about, saying the same thing. The, the reason why that God has set this thing up this way, so, so he has placed me in the office of a pastor and, and the gifts inside of me are meant to equip you to go out and do your ministry. Walk out God's path for your life. So that's, that's part of this. His word, so, so literally the reason why we preach and, you know, I've always told the Lord, if you ever want to drop this preaching gift on me that you put on Bill Winston, I am totally fine with that. That would be okay with me. I'm not coveting his gift. I don't want his. I want one just like it would be great. But, you know, we preach the word of God. And, and every once in a while, you, you see me, I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I get into that preaching mode. And, and it, it's to bring inspiration. It's to inspire you. But we teach the Word of God. We teach it, basically this reason, to give you something else to govern your thinking. So we're teaching the Word today to get you to think right. Because if you don't think right, you'll never be able to believe right. You've probably never heard me say that, have you? And if you don't believe right, you're never going to be able to homo logeo. You're never going to be able to have a right confession. And if you don't speak right, you'll never be able to lay hold of what God's already given you. Because faith is in your heart, and you express this belief that, it, that is in your heart for the Word of God you express it out of your mouth. And how you keep the word of God always coming out of your mouth is you keep the word of God in abundance in your heart. It's very simple. So if you'll notice, literally, everything in your life from the time you've got born, you chose God and chose to become born again, it's all all about decisions and consequences. God says in Deuteronomy 30, I think it's like 19, he said, I set before you life and death and blessing and cursing. And then he said, he gave us the answer, so choose life so that you and your seed may live. Everything is your decision. See, this is what happens to a person. In their life, let's say they're sitting in church or they're going about their life somebody's telling them about Jesus and, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is, is, is trying, he's, he's, he's waking up their conscience so that they can see, wow, you know, I got to do something with this Jesus. I'm not right with God. But at that point, they have to choose. And if they choose to say, no, no, I'm just going to keep living the way I'm living. Then the Bible says Satan is able to blind the minds of those that choose to, to believe not. Do you know he could blind the mind of a Christian who chooses to believe not? Well, I just don't believe that prosperity stuff. I just don't believe that healing stuff. Oh, and that baptism of the Holy Spirit stuff. You know, I just don't believe. Be careful with that because your choice to not believe it will bring a blinding into your life. We call them blind spots. You don't don't want blind spots in your life. The Holy Spirit will keep them all out of your life if you'll just say yes, right? And so this is why it is so important. Like even today, you're deciding whether you're going to embrace the word of God or whether you're not, and sometimes, sometimes what happens to people, you know, I've seen it over the years, you know, people will come to church and, and man, they love it and they're growing, and then all of a sudden they'll stop growing. And what it is, there's an area of their life that the Holy Spirit is wooing them, going, you know, I need you to give that to me. And they're not willing to, right? They're not willing to. So, so then they stop and see if you're not careful. You could get to a point where you don't endure sound doctrine and you'll leave and you'll want to go, go find somebody that's preaching what you want to hear. That's dangerous because you'll miss God's plan for your life. This is all about... Our, our decisions for everything in life are real simple. Okay, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Is this where you want me to go or not? If you're unhappy with your job, put in for a transfer. With your company, no. With him. With him. And if he says no, no, he's not going to hurt you. He's got a plan. So just hang in there. If you're in the ministry and things get a little tough and a few people maybe don't like you so much or they're leaving your church or they're not supporting your ministry, I think Pastor Hagan said when his dad died, when Kenneth Hagan died, worldwide ministry, a third of all of their support all of their partners instantly. They were getting multitudes of letters. We're not going to support you anymore. So he had to run. I mean, it got to the point where he literally went outside and, and he, he threw, the, threw his Bible on the ground and he stood on it. And that's where that statement came. You know, I, I, I will not be defeated and I'll never quit. And he, he said, God, I'm going to stand on your word. We're going to believe you. You know, so whatever it is in your life, be that way hold fast it's it's and it literally all starts with a decision we have to guard our thought life we have to guard our thought life you frame your world with the words of your mouth but really you frame your world with the words that you're speaking out of your mouth that are coming from your heart that's how you frame your world to look exactly like what God's word says. If you're just speaking out of your flesh and out of an unrenewed mind, you're going to speak words of death and they're going to frame your world into something that you don't want to live in. Things in your life come forth from your heart. Always remember that. Your heart, we're kind of talking about that on Wednesday night. It's literally a tree that produces fruit. Your your spirit, man, is designed to grow things. It's to grow everything. The word of God is what is to produce everything in your life, not you and I. And our Father expects us to bear fruit. He says when you bear fruit, he'll prune you so you could bear more fruit. Your flesh hates to be pruned. Your spirit loves it. But what is that fruit that you're bearing? Really, it's the word of God that's bearing it all. Isn't that good news? For us, for us, the walk of faith is a rest. The walk as we walk in the love of God, it's a rest. As we're led by the spirit of God, it's a rest. I was telling the college and career group Friday night, being led by the spirit is not a set of principles that you learn, it's a sensitivity that you maintain. It's where I could live in total chaos in my life, but on the inside, I'm quiet, because he's first. And oh, I could tell you this, you can get those noises on the outside, you could shut them up really fast, because the Holy Spirit will give you what to say, and when you speak the things in the name of Jesus, mountains move, situations change, I mean, it's amazing what happens when God gets involved. So in other words, what I'm saying is you and I are to speak based on our heart. Okay, this is a big thing. What do you say? Don't don't be quick to speak. You be quick to hear and slow to speak, right? You let your heart convey to you what to say because words are so powerful, My destiny or my future, it's in my heart. So God wants, he wants to bring that up and so that I speak it out of my life. So in order to change your future, you have to change your heart, which is going to change what you're speaking. And then when you speak, you're releasing divine principles, the law of God, and his words will go out and change things in your life. It'll change your body, It'll change your finances. It'll change your relationships. It'll change your business. It'll change your career. It'll change your ministry. It'll change everything. Everything. You know, the word that I gave the worship team, a big part of that is they're gonna, there's going to be scriptures that come up in these, these men and women of God, and they're going to have to start speaking it over their life in order to lay hold of that. Right? I love this. So turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Is everybody doing okay? You guys happy? I'm telling you, God has taken us to some really cool places. Uh, I mean, everything the Lord's been having me teach lately, it's just he so wants us to lay hold of things. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, it says this. It says, we having the same spirit of faith, According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. Do you notice that? I believe something, and therefore I spoke out of that belief. We also believe, and therefore speak. So, Romans 10.10 kind of says the same thing. It says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness... But with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So salvation is an all-encompassing term. If salvation is, and confession is made unto healing, and confession is made unto your provision, and confession is made unto peace, joy. I mean, you can just put whatever you want in there, wholeness. That all salvation means all of those things. It's so important what 2 Corinthians 4:13 is saying. Faith believes in the heart, but, confession, but then confesses out of its mouth. See, a lot of believers are not speaking because they're not hearing the word. They're, they're listening to it and they're mental assenting to it. And they're saying, okay, yep, I see that. I see how God wants me healed. But the minute their body goes in a wrong direction or pain or whatever, they, they get all confused and they, they, they don't know what to do. And it's because they're not speaking. Well, why aren't they speaking? Listen, faith speaks. Remember Jesus? He said, if you had, if you had faith, you would say. Right? So this is so important. I believed, and therefore what? Have I spoken? We also believe, and therefore we speak. So the key is faith. It's to be in two places. It's in your heart, and it's coming out of your mouth. We don't want to mentally assent that the word is true. We want to know in our hearts, because when faith is there, you are fully persuaded. You will stand because you already have laid hold of it. You don't have to see it with your outward eyes. You don't have to feel it. You know that you know that you know I have it. And you know when you've received something from God, you will see it in your life. In other words, faith always works. The word of God always works if you'll work it. And herein is the problem. There's an enemy that has no authority over you. He's a master deceiver. He'll throw thoughts. He'll create circumstances in the world system. He'll use people. He'll attack you illegally. Right? Why? For the purpose of getting you to think wrong. He is the great option giver. Christians, there's a large, they say the average Christian, and I'm speaking to the choir here, you know, because you guys are here, but the average Christian, they say, comes to church 1.5 times per month. I mean, it's amazing. That is on a, I mean, just a few years ago, it was over, it was double that. So, so why, why? Because people think they have an option whether or not they come to church. But God's word doesn't say that. He'll give people options. So you talk to some believers and it's very evident you know they're not in the word. Why? Well, I just haven't read the word. I just, you know, I just have trouble. No, no, you don't have trouble. You're just entertaining wrong thoughts. And you think you have an option. But where God is, you know, He's like, you meditate in this word day and night. I I mean, we think we He He gives us options. Options he'll give wives options. Well, you know my husband really doesn't deserve to be honored, so I just have cho- I'm choosing not to honor, choosing not to honor him. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. But you know God doesn't give you that option. Husbands, you know you got husbands that live playing video games. They 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 are always gone. They 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 kind of go into their nothing room and they just live, and they don't love their wife. And give themselves for their wife. They think they have an option. I could choose to do that or not. Right? But, but there's not that option. So Satan is the big option giver. Somebody does you wrong and you think you have an option of how you respond. You don't have an option if Jesus is your Lord. Uh, you're to love your brothers and sisters unconditionally the way God loves you. Have you ever messed up or done something that he would not want you to do? So he's the big option giver... And here's the other thing that he is. He's the big distractor. Because how he gets you to buy the options is he will use people. He will even use the closest people to you. He'll use circumstances, pressures from the world system. He'll use sickness and disease. He'll use anything he can to distract you from holding fast to what God says. And And see... I can tell you this, I believe in our day, we have greater and deeper, we have almost 2,000 years of revelation knowledge that has been birthed in the church on how to walk by faith. But we also have, by far, the greatest amount of distractions. All you gotta do is pick up your phone, your tablet, I mean, they have TVs now where you could watch, like, nine different things at the same time, right? I mean, have you ever got stressed out? You just, you just simply want to watch a movie. And then you go on Netflix. And 15 minutes later, you're going, you know, I'm sick. I, you just turn it off. You're like, no, I'm not, I, I, I can't find a movie. Because there's thousands of them. It's not like when I was growing up, oh, there's a movie on. What are we watching tonight? Because there's one. You know, and we're really we're really excited that we have a TV. And I mean, you know, it's not real clear. I mean, now we get this, we get into this 4K, and we're like, you know, man, that 55 inch 4K TV, it's just not big enough. I need a 70 inch. You know, back when you're growing up, you're like, hey, I'm I'm watching this movie, and it looks like it's just snowing all the time, (laughs) right? And you you say things like, do we have more aluminum foil? Because you need to put more on the, you know. And, and, the, and the young people are sitting here going, what? What's that? Aunt? You know, right? All we say to the young people is you're blessed. But we also say be very careful. You know, I feel outdated because I, I just, I'm not on Facebook. But I've got to tell you, there's so much idle conversation on Facebook. I almost, I just can't. Uh, you know, I just, it's not, now we, I, I have somebody else look at it, but, but I just, you got to be careful because you could spend your afternoon today looking at really cute little funny videos on YouTube that are just so funny and so cute, or, or you could sit there all day and watch little mini, little mini really inspirational things and you could sit there and just be inspired for nine hours But do you notice when you shut it off, there's nothing left because it's not God's word. Now, am I saying don't ever watch TV or don't ever use a phone? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying be led. And if he says lay it down, lay it down. I know for me, you know, I I, I have this phone and I have this software on it where I could go anywhere and just study the word and have all the access to the Greek and Hebrew and, and all this stuff. But many times when I really study, I gotta shut the thing off because there's always texts or emails and stuff, calls, and it's distracting. Is it? Are are the calls bad? No, many of them are really, really good, but it's just not the time for me. So guard against to hold fast. Boy, I thought I'd go a lot faster, but I think we're doing right what we need to do. To hold fast to saying what God says, you're gonna have to let the Holy Spirit be your guide into this on when to shut things off. Right? On when sometimes as a pastor if I'm if I'm facing something where I know I need to hear the word of God I have to back up from who I talk to. I just have to back up. Nobody knows I'm doing that. I'll back things out. But it's because I can't See, sometimes I could just sit down with a person and I could hear what's going on in their life and it's, it's, it's what I do. I love it, right? And then give them the word of God to help them. Sometimes I can't listen to it because of where I'm at. I've got to go, no, I, I'm really needing to anchor in here and I can't hear anything, you know, because I have to get quiet. It's, it's, it's not a pastor thing. This is a believer thing. So God wants you strong. You and I will never rise above our confession. And our confession, I don't confess what I can do. I confess what he's already done. Right? So I can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not I can do all things. It's always through Christ. I'm confessing what he's going to do. Our life is to be to the point to where you shouldn't be able to tell where Tony stops and Jesus starts. Because my whole life is, Lord, let it be less of me and more of you. Let it be all of you and none of me. We do everything in him. And it's wonderful doing it that way. Mental assent will say that the word of God is true. However, you never see any fruit of it in your life because the word of God is in your head. It's not in your heart. And that's where a lot of Christians live. If you live there too long, you will stop reading your Bible. Actually, you could take the test today. If you haven't been reading the word, you never read the word. It's because you don't perceive that it's truth and that it's real. Don't stay there. Just start, start feeding on the word of God and you'll start hungering after it because it's, it's life. Mental ascent, what does it do? It speaks about the mountain. It doesn't speak to the mountain. And it'll want to speak to all your friends about the mountain that you're facing in your life. But talking about your circumstances will not help you. Talking about what God says he's already provided will lead you out. Faith always speaks to the mountain. So now turn to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Because how are we to speak? How is God going to lead us to speak? In this great book of Ephesians, this letter that was written to... It was a circulatory letter. It was to be read in every church. It was literally written to Faith Family Church right now. It was written... If you go to a different church, it was written to your church. And this is what the Word of God says. In Ephesians 4.29, it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Notice... You're the one that lets it happen or not. You're the one that allows it. Not Satan, he can't force you to speak or or he can't keep you from speaking. You have to do this. And this word corrupt in the Greek means worthless. Let no worthless communication proceed out of your mouth. But what kind of communication is supposed to come out of your mouth? But that which is good To the use of edifying. That word edifying means to build up. That means I am only to say things that build people up. You're never going to hear me from this pulpit or in your life one-on-one ever beat you up with the Bible. Ever say, man, you better do this or else. No, there's no anointing on that. The communication, as I'm communicating the word I'm to say words that will build people up. Why? It says it right there. That it may minister grace to the hearers. Grace. So I could take my words and literally minister the grace of God to an individual, which is his ability to help them walk it out. Isn't that good news? You know, people who come into our church, one of the predominant things that they say is how friendly and how loving people are and how that they feel at home when they first come. I mean, have you ever seen our greeters? And if you can get past them, it's hard to walk by the Welcome Center because you got two people just beaming, let alone everybody else in here. You know, there's so many of you that come to church and you come to church full. You're not coming. See, you really get something from church. You don't come here for yourself. You're coming here, you're full, and you're like, Lord, use me to encourage people, to build them up. Pray, Ask them if, I, if, if it, God hits my heart to pray for them, I walk up and, hey, can I pray for you about anything? You know, or just hug them or encourage them, whatever. And so all of a sudden, the supply that you bring, it's affecting everything. And it helps people who are hurting, who have needs, who are, who are in the valley of decision on whether or not they're gonna really, you know, give God a chance in their life or not, they could take off their mask and stop playing church and get have their life impacted with the love of God and the power of God. That's what it's all about. Psalm 118, verse 17, says this. This is an example. I love this verse. Psalm 118, verse 17. You might, I think this is going to be a big confession verse for end-time believers. Psalm 117, or 118, verse 17. It says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Doctor tells you, man, there's nothing else we can do for you. Thank you, doctor. I appreciate your diagnosis. And you walk away. And you walk away from that diagnosis. He tells you what all to do. Great. I'll get that medicine. I'll do whatever, whatever. I have to have this procedure, whatever. And then you walk away and you say, Father, I thank you. It's written, I shall not die. But I'm going to live and I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. Right? Because nothing that I could ever face will be bigger than you. And that you've already won the the battle. The battle's yours. You've already won it. I've already been provided this and I thank you that that you're going to help me by your spirit lay hold of it. So we we don't speak. The Lord told me this years ago. He said, Tony, when you're preaching, you don't ever speak or preach or teach to impress man. That's never to be our goal. We never speak to impress man. Have you ever been talking to somebody in a conversation, and you could tell they're not listening they're just thinking about what they're going to say because they just want to say something really cool. Now, I could go deeper and tell on all of us and say, you know, we've done that. Right? Because guess what? That's, that's in your flesh. But we never speak to impress man. We speak to put spiritual law in motion. You know, I'll speak. The Lord will have me say things to people and it's putting, it's putting his word in motion in their life. It's so important that we, we let God, we hold fast to say what he wants us to say. The word of God gives value to our words. what's what we're talking about. As a matter of fact, we measure our words by the word of God. We measure it. And then we decide, yeah, that's not worth saying. Right? Sometimes, if you ever see me up preaching, because sometimes the Lord will have me just say something that I know it's going to be hard, because it's just kind of, you know, this, you say something and it, and it could come off hard. But you know with God, it's always supposed to build up, so I'll get, it's, it's fear and trembling. I mean, before I come out here when I get up every day, it's like, Lord, let my words only be your words. It's because I, you, know, you should never walk away from here tore down with no hope. Now you might walk away going, oh, man, I really don't enjoy that. Because the Lord's dealing with you about something. But you'll know the difference because you can tell when he deals with you about something, it still builds you up. Right? So, what do we do? You have to surround yourself with people of like faith who are going to talk like you're talking. You put God's word in your heart so that you'll value the words that you speak. If you don't put God's word in your heart, you'll speak words with no value. You'll just speak to communicate and and, you'll, and it'll be a, you won't realize it, but you'll be speaking a lot of death. And you know who you speak more death over than anybody else? Yourself. Right? So you want to just forget about, okay, i got to speak right. Good luck with that. No. Get in the Word. Meditate in the Word. What part of the Word? The Holy Spirit will lead you. He'll guide you. One scripture. You could walk around quoting that thing, and it'll change your life. He gives himself to his word. He submits himself to the authority of his word. If you speak it out of your mouth, that which you believe in your heart, he watches over that word to perform it in your life. He comes on the scene with his presence and his power. Oh, you might not see an initial change, but realize the change has already happened. You're believing God for something Let's say you have, you have something going on in your body. The word of God, when faith is birthed in your heart and you speak and you curse that tumor or you curse that what's happening to that organ or whatever, the word of God will go to the root, the spiritual root of that sickness and disease and will completely kill it and drive it out of your body and then health will come. That's the way it works. It'll do the same thing with your finances. See, if you are in financial trouble today, lack of money is not your problem. Because you'll sit here and go, well, I could never give. And and you know, giving is the way out. But I could never give because I'll never have enough for me. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Can we all relate to that? Oh, man, I've been there. It's amazing how many times if you look at tithing and think, gosh, if I didn't tithe, it would take all the pressure off of me. But see, the problem is not that you don't have enough money. The problem is your soul is not prospering. That's where that thought's coming from. Because if you, I mean, when we stand before God, if there's one thing we're going to know, we're going to stand face to face with the Lord and go, why would I ever think that he wouldn't take care of me. Right? And the answer to that is he will. What are we saying? We live our life like this. Father, give me the grace. I come boldly to your throne of grace today to obtain mercy from you and to find grace to help me in my time of need. Right? So now, Father, I ask that you would impart unto me a more than enough portion of your grace that I might say what you say, that I might have the courage to seize hold of saying what you say. Isn't that good? What did Jesus say? We'll finish with this. Go to John chapter eight. John chapter eight, verse 31. This is Jesus talking. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, He said, if, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples. Indeed, a disciple is a follower. The next verse, verse 32, it goes, and you, those that continue in the word, will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Now, if you jump down to verse 36, it seals the deal. It says, if the Son, therefore, has made you free. Or, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free. Well, let me ask you a question. Has He? Because why? Because He already went to the cross, right? So, if the Son shall make you free, you know you have been made free. When you literally receive Christ... You were free. You were made free. Not set free, made free. Oh, were you set free? Absolutely. You were taken out of the kingdom of darkness and you were put in the kingdom of God. Now your life has been tucked away. Right now as you're sitting here, whether you feel like it or not, whether you're in the word or not, doesn't matter. Positionally, your life has been tucked away with Christ in God. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So you could read it like this, because in John 17, 17, he said, Thy word is truth. So you could say it this way, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you'll know the word, and the word will make you free. That which lines right up with Mark chapter 5, the parable of the sower. If you want to know all about that, come Wednesday night. Because we're going we're to get into some things that will help your life. So this is so powerful. When you realize that God, God's freedom, His life, everything that He's given you is in His Word. This precious Word. And you can take this Word And you could make everything in your life line up with it.